The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. Oh, nice pour, Sam. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the Winemakers. I've been, I've been practicing. <laughs> I'm John Myers, and I'm with Sam Katuri and Bart Hansen and Brian Casey today, man. Glad to be back from the holidays. I was yeah. really screwed up. It was like a weekend the, in the middle of the week. and Dame's it, been gone at camp for a week, so I'm really screwed up. I don't know what day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, you, I know, Sam, you over the 4th. Well, when... Yes, my Fourth of July holiday started on uh, June twenty eighth, I think. <laughs> and you followed uh, Dead and Company yes, around John Mayer and friends. the uh, uh, Northwest, right? I I went to the Gorge in Central Washington, ah, beautiful nice. place, which was man. awesome, and and then we. I hear the sunsets there are uh, awesome. The sunset lasted the entire second set of the show. The sunset lasted an hour and a half. And I've 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 um confirmed this with people who were soberer than I was. Not on hallucinogenics. Not not seen extra sunsets. Uh no, it was amazing. And the way that they have that place set up, you know, sunset over this, you know, the Grand Canyon of Washington. Uh it was it was spectacular. And then we hightailed it uh, down to Eugene, Oregon, the next night for another show. Uh, and the last time I'd been in Eugene, Oregon was when the Indigo Girls opened for the Grateful Dead, and there I was ten years old off. in 1993. <laughs> um, and they wow. kicked it at Dodger Stadium last and yeah, night. Yeah, last night Dodger Stadium, Saturday night Dodger Stadium, ju- uh, July seventh, and you can find that show online. It's that was a killer show. The music's really good. Uh, it's not the Grateful Dead. Uh, but it is it's Dead, dead company. company. John Mayer, Bobby and Weir, Bobby Weir, and the I'll whole go crew. with that any day. Yeah, you know. that, it's fun. Shows are good. Go check it out. So Shoreline, no Shoreline. I, I went to, and then I went to one night at Shoreline. <laughs> I, uh, three shows in three states in four nights. That's good. Uh, that's good. You have, more and then I actually, you know, what I did on Fourth of July. You're not even I young s- anymore. I slept on Fourth of July. <laughs> Excellent, Bart. How about you? Uh, you know, I um, I did our uh, part of our traditional uh, Sonoma Fourth of July. A friend of mine lives on First Street East, and he does gin fizzes and um, Bloody Marys. Uh, and he's at the beginning of the parade. Oh, I know, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, AJ's. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so we did that, and then uh, Terry and I went over to the Hooker House. The Hooker House is open. That's what I wanted to talk to you yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Bedrock and our friends. Yeah, I mean, uh, these uh, guys have been getting a lot of uh, notoriety and lots of good uh, press yeah. on, on saving vineyards. Yes, that's of course. what I've yeah, seen. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's, you know, from our show where we talked about that with them pretty extensively with the um, uh, Historic Vineyard Society. But yeah, they, um, they opened up the Hooker House, which. It's funny. It's a great place for history. It's a great place for wine. Um, the the of course Morgan being a history fanatic, um, I I think I think it shows uh, very well there. And yes, um, of course, listeners, this is where the term Hooker came from because General Hooker had his troops there, and they would have women come over, and they were known as. There, yeah, there was like a that's part how the, of one of his battalions was a battalion of girls that followed the rest of the battalions around. <laughs> I like it. It's kind of like following the dead, you know. <laughs> <laughs> not quite. Hopefully not. not. Yeah, similar yet totally different. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, it's really, really nice. And, and they've done a great job. And you guys should get in there and see it. They're pouring some under the wire wines. Um, nice to and, see that uh, out there. Yeah, great yeah. branding. Bedrock. I, I actually, it was, it was funny. There was a picture of a winery, an old winery in Sonoma Valley. And I said, um, I said, well, that building's still there. And they're like, no. And I said, yeah, it's on, it's on Dunbar. It's right across the street from the entrance to um, Lasseter's house. And uh, I think Morgan uh, drove by it to see. They were going yeah, to send him by to check. Well, it was really good to see that you got down there. I need to uh, get yeah, down there. Get over there too. I was thinking this afternoon might be a nice time. I have to. I don't know head. if they're open on... T- Mondays. Uh, yeah, and they do ask for by appointments. So. Wine, wine, wine. Wine for wine. Speaking of wine, you were camping, Brian, right? Glamping? 
Yeah, we don't exactly <laughs> camp. Every year, the uh, the wife's family, and it's it's usually 15 to 20 people. I think we had 18 people this year and, go and to... And then uh, I see you posting uh, Chateau Belcastel in the middle of the woods. So you're not, yeah. you're, you're certainly not giving up. Well, the, we're in the middle of the woods, but we are staying in, in houses and, and we're on a... Where a, were you? Uh, Downeyville. So it's where uh, the Downey and yeah, the Yuba yeah, River yeah, interconnect. Yeah. So Marysville, mm-hmm. um, the Sierra Buttes, Dobson. Yeah. yeah, you're out there. I mean, you go to Sacramento and hang a left. The Downeyville <laughs> Downhill. I Downeyville think Downhill. I think yeah. it's right. this coming weekend. I have you gonna some... going to go ride? Uh, no, I'm, nah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to miss it. I'm, I'm actually the, on my way to Moab. Those bikes that those guys have, I think they cost more than my car. Oh yeah, the, the downhill Absolutely. mountain bike guys are—that's like. And they're wearing they—they they wear like helmets, like not the helmets that your kid wears riding their bike around, like motorcycle helmets, yeah, yeah, and like they're in cross. full gear. They're, they're serious silly. about it, man. Yeah, well, no, it's the real deal. You but, know, uh, I, Sam rode over uh, the other day. You, you had a great helmet, man. A nice bike. That's just—that's more like a kid's helmet from the bike shop, though. That's okay. the bike's nice. You gotta <laughs> have a nice bike, bike to very get nice. me on it. <laughs> my friend, my friend Mike is an avid rider. He's the winemaker out at Shugan. Um, he took a spill this weekend. Um, he was in the bike lane and there was a big piece of asphalt. I think he was riding with some people and he hit it and he went down and cracked his helmet open. Right. So that's why we wear helmets. So they do break and, uh, I think destroyed a good portion of his, uh, you know, body with road rash. So be careful out there. There you go. Pay attention. So don't drink and ride. Well, guys, this is episode 57, which means we really haven't had our anniversary show. And we need to just at least acknowledge, Maybe we'll wait till 100, 100 acknowledge that. Well, that, that's <laughs> fine, remember, too. Acknowledge yeah. that, uh, you know, I mean, we now have more than 25,000 people listening, which is just wonderful. I mean, it's just great. The downloads are incredible. So thank you for everybody for listening. And I hope you enjoyed the last couple because I think they were two of our best shows with Three Sticks and Bob Cabral. Um, yeah, Bob was uh, in, inspiring in, uh, in so many ways. And uh, uh, yeah, I enjoyed just sitting here, sitting next to him. I, you know, listening. somebody, you know, he, he knew who my dad was, but I'd never met him, but, you know, sort of knew of him by reputation. And uh, it's cool when people uh, are as advertised or, or even better. Um, so that was that was awesome. But I actually want to hear more about Brian's camping trip because I want the wine. And what do you eat with you know camping with Bocastel? Well, I I got in a little bit of trouble because I I brought some I brought up the nice white wines and then my brother-in-law who used to drink scotch and bourbon um, got him I got him one into scotch, wine and, one bourbon one beer. Oh man, he <laughs> he's at the point now though where he rents. He has a rental like unit. He has like a storage, store, offsite storage. To store his wine. Can I get which, his phone number? Yeah. Oh my Would God. you like to sponsor so the nice. podcast? <laughs> or, yeah. Or um, sponsor Dane Sellers? <laughs> yeah. So my wife, I think at one point, of, I, I didn't get to go up for the whole week because I had to work on the 4th of July. Um, and weird drive up, man, the smoke. It was like, oh, yeah. it was like bronze, orange. Well, we're um, not on fire, but. The northern part of the state is. I mean, how the north and to the east, yeah, yeah. and the south, right? And Santa Barbara's still burning areas. Yeah. That's what I heard. And it's, well, it's been like 117 degrees in, in Los LA. Angeles. Yeah, it's just incredible. Complete meltdown. Brown, brownouts yeah. And, yeah. and no electricity. So yeah, as my in-laws, no AC, 109 degrees, 94 degrees on the thermostat that's not working inside. You're like, Oof. it's brutal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was nice swimming in, uh, I don't know, it's 50 degree river water. It's, I mean, it's snow melt. Mm-hmm. It's, it wakes you up, boy, after a couple <laughs> glasses of wine. <laughs> and you, you know, it's after dinner and you need to kind of sober up just Clear a tad. Second wind. Just a tad. And um, yeah, it felt good climbing on rocks and waterfalls and all good stuff. And then came home for uh, 4th of July. And check this out. I actually got to save a house from burning down the other night. Uh, Pardon me? What? Drove home on 4th of July. Um, got off work about one o'clock in the morning debt around the corner from my house. I see, I see flickering lights and I thought it was, you know, people get those, those lights they put in their front yard that are solar powered. So then it, you know, it charges during the day and then at night, you know, I got the, and I, I drove by and I thought, well, that's kind of weird that they have lights that kind of flicker a little bit. And then I, it, it kind of took a second to process. And I said, you know what? I better turn around. So turned around and came back. They had two five gallon those painter buckets those white um five gallon buckets fireworks. with fireworks in them but no both, water in the buckets both 
on fire <laughs> with like two foot flame on the side of their house with a huge pile of cardboard Seriously? up against the side of their house. Wow. If I would have got off work five minutes before, wouldn't have seen it. If I would have got off work five minutes later, it would have been too late. What the hell did you do? Banged on the door. No one came. So I, the, at that point, the buckets are melting. And so I'm pulling them away from the house. Then I go back, bang on the door some more. I look, I don't see a hose. I don't see anything. They have a bunch of shrubs up. Finally, they came out and they were all asleep. It was a grandma, mom, and a son and came out and they knew where the hose was. Brian, you're a hero, out. man. Uh, Seriously. How was that adrenaline? Yeah. Uh, well, it was kind of crazy. You're thinking if, because it's yeah. completely quiet in the neighborhood. Like if you weren't there, what the hell would have happened? The house would have burned down. Yeah. yeah, I think so. What did and you? What did you drink to calm down and go to sleep that <laughs> night? How, how late were you up? Uh, and, and how many? I think there might have been a little bit to drink and a little bit to smoke. Yeah, uh, I think it's called Banana Ninety Nine. <laughs> <laughs> well, we started out with uh, one of Jeff's uh, cones. Oh, so uh, so uh, we got wines all over the place. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So we, I, we don't hang out for like two weeks, and all of a sudden there's like seventeen bottles. Yeah, no I wanted kidding. to taste this with you guys, and I brought this, and we got that, and everybody brought and opened everything. Sam, is it wrong? <laughs> no, there's no. I mean, we, no. we started no with your Viognier from sixteen six hundred. It, it, so it's funny. I got a funny phone call from Jeff, and this must have been what he was trying to tell me is that he wanted <laughs> us to taste his new wines. He he has been. You know, I saw that. Um, he had come out with a sparkling wine and that's always been a, that was the challenge at the girl in the fig was, was finding a Rhone mm-hmm. sparkling wine. And I had tried some never that good. So I was excited to hear that he had done a, uh, GSM Grenache Syrah Movedra blend sparkling. And I, I had wanted to try it. So I thought today I'll just stop off and, and pick up a bottle and Jeff happened to be there and let me try, which we have here. And, and uh, he wants you guys to try it. This is his 2016 Stagecoach yeah, let me, let me try that. Marsan, which is just bottled, but is. Uh, Do you know how long ago it was bottled? Did he tell eight you? days ago, I think. Eight days ago. <laughs> eight days a week. Did he say when and, he opened um, the bottle? What? Did he say when he opened the bottle? No, he did not. And he didn't even want me to take it because he said, Stagecoach. you know what? This has just been bottled. I don't know if I want you guys to talk about it. I said, Jeff, we're, we're going to be We're going to talk about, about it, it anyway. But the mouthfeel on it is what's really turned me this on. I really want to take 100% it. 100% Marsan. 100% Marsan. Um, so I, I'm going to interrupt real quick here. Yeah, yeah. I listened to a podcast recently of another wine podcast and I had a winemaker on. And the winemaker was tasting. There's other everybody. wine podcasts? I had no idea. Yeah, there's some that are pretty good and some that aren't very good. No, you know what it is? The sound quality. Sound quality. But the other thing is, <laughs> I think when you taste wine on a wine podcast, nobody in the audience needs to know that you're tasting the wine. Uh, and then spitting it into the spitting it into the spittoon also. And and it and they tasted a lot of wines. And it was really a good podcast. And but uh, anyway, sorry, go on. Well, they spit. That's probably part of the problem. That's hey. Well, this um, I've learned to. You have to. Yeah, that's well, one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To each your own. You guys keep keep spitting. So the um, the Marsan Jeff has been getting from the Stagecoach Vineyard, which was purchased by Gallo. Gallo. So there's a lot of friends of ours that we know. Uh, Kale Anderson being one of them, the sourcing out of there. Karen Robinson was sourcing out of there. Nice. Uh, Jeff sourcing out of there as well. So some people are. You know, have got their contracts for the yeah. next couple of years, and some people are kind of getting the boot. A um, lot of uncertainty with that whole thing going down. Yeah, and that's and that's all geared around um, Gallo buying the the Dave Finney properties, the Orange Swift brand, right. Can, and just needing it, more juice to this, satisfy that d- project. So Gallo, can just, we talk about that a little bit? Too? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Go like, for it. So, Go for it. How many times can Dave Finney sell his winery? How many times can one? <laughs> I mean, let's, we'll give the Benzikers credit. They sold Glen Ellen and they sold MG Vallejo. That was all one big package. They didn't sell their name. Now they've sold their name. They sold imagery. You know, so and, that's and really. They didn't sell the property the first and, time, right? And they didn't sell the property the first time. They own that beautiful, um, beautiful side of the mountain. Yeah, not anymore. Not can anymore. I get that rose? Oh, that, that, that was sold. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, but Dave Finney has now sold his well i mean his brand has been sold at least four times and right. he's sold three of them himself and all of them for over a hundred million dollars um well, and, it's, and none of them Dave are vineyards to be or a sponsor it's, it's anything it's 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 mind-blowing uh, i mean you know he has clearly a a generational kind of palette uh makes great highly highly marketable wine 
makes a lot of it. Absolutely. And, and you know, the thing about, you know, the prisoner started as like 300 cases in 2002. You know, it was like getting some leftover grapes from some buddies no and making wine in his garage. No facilities. I mean, he has he has some vineyards now, although he didn't sell this. He's, he has, he does he keeps buying vineyards and then not selling them with the brands. Um, and so the he he sold the prisoner, and then the prisoner was sold again, and then the rest of the Orange Swift brand he sold to Gallo a couple years ago, and then he also has this brand. I mean, the thing is, there's so many wines that he makes. Um, the one that was just recently sold is like I guess they call it locations. Yeah, and, it's, and you've seen the labels. It, it's to, it's they look like one of those uh, those stickers you put on the back of your car exactly. that says what country you're from. Yeah, they're like the sort of oval with you know big block two block right, letters. So right. he has like it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. wine from Italy, it's wine from France, it's yeah. wine from Spain, and yeah. it's wine from Washington, wherever it is. And, and it's um, I remember the reps trying to you hit know me and up it's on those and it's like. You know, it's in the 50, it's, you know, not expensive. Uh, you can find it every, anywhere. And, you know, you're going to get wine that tastes like something Dave Finney would like. And if that's what you like, they're great, they're great buys. And now he's sold it to Gallo and will keep making them. But he's just going to be able to make a whole lot more of them. Uh, yeah. Because, it, you know, you have the Gallo buying power and facility power behind it. Right. And, and let's face it, Miomi, that's the same story. They sold this brand, you know, maybe some inventory, but no property, no right. vineyards, no nothing. And uh, that's Joseph Wagner, right? Yeah. And, and now he's building his new brand. He's got a Zinfandel brand. I think he's got a new Pinot brand. Um, and it'll probably be the same thing that happens. I, it, it's last night. Um, we were in San Francisco, and so we ate at... You ate two, at State Bird, didn't you? We ate at State Bird, which th- we could do a whole episode on that. So wait a minute. <laughs> um, Dane is gone, so what are you, you're going out to dinner every night? Uh, well, dinner every no, night, no, partying all over the place. So we, I, saw, I saw a part at like three of the four dead shows I went to, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. So we had, uh, we had tickets for School Rock, and so nice. we stayed down in the city on both sides of that. So the first night we went to State Bird Provisions, um, I you know I guess the right way to How describe long ago it. Had you made the reservation? Um, a couple months ago, and Terry did it. You know when she got to work at uh, four o'clock in the morning because that was when it opened up. Right. Um, and it was everything. It's it's it is. It's everything. It's talked about. It's everything. It's hyped to. It's it. It was outstanding. I mean, there wasn't. We didn't eat everything in the place. Um, what you have? But you had a whole bunch. What you have? What you drink? I I. I you know what we check had? Check his Instagram. Yeah, check my Instagram. We'll <laughs> okay. do that. We had we had um, a nice Chetneuf to pop from uh, Anne Margaret was oh, our yeah, wine. Fontaloupe, right? Um, Fontaloupe, and um, yeah, I guess you would call it um, San Francisco dim sum. Mm-hmm. You know, there's um, there's a handful oh, there's a handful of things on the menu that I think changes probably seasonally, and then they walk around with trays, and the trays have little price tags on them. And oysters, these amazing oysters, were three dollars each, and it just goes all the way through. And you say, "I'll have one of those and one of those," and they just mark your little tag, and you it's just like until your heart floating is sushi out. bar. That's how I accidentally you spent five hundred dollars. I know. Just yeah. so is, the more you drink, do you just keep going? Well, on? and, and so so send the oyster guy back yeah, over here. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, this is our fifteenth yeah. wedding anniversary. Um, if hey, congratulations. Terry. Yeah. Congratulations, yeah. Terry. Way to go, Terry. Um, <laughs> we don't know how you did it. Unbelievable. <laughs> and so my mom had given us a gift certificate for that. Um, so that was very nice. So uh, we we spent every every penny of it. Man, and, you're... And, then, and then some. And then some. Yeah. But then, so then the next night, um, Terry had gotten a, a, a uh, gift certificate to, of all places, uh, Ruth Chris. Oh, Right. And certainly put somewhere okay. that I, oh good no absolutely great steakhouse D- not typically anywhere we would ever go and think to go to um, I hadn't been to one since I was working with Benziger because we used to sell a lot of Cabernet and Ruth Chris and other steakhouses and especially in Chicago and stuff yeah but well, when, I, I, when I perused the list it, and this is where I was trying to go with this when we started down this rabbit hole is that the list was all it was Miomi it was Prisoner. It was KJ's, you know, it was Saduri right. by the glass, right. you know, and and eighteen dollars, you know, um, the prisoner was twenty four dollars a glass, um, and and so it's just it's unbelievable. They can't be buying it for, it, it, it's got to cost. 
$12 a bottle wholesale. No, I think we sell it for 80 at Sante, which means we probably get it for 17 17 something like that, probably. So the $24 a glass. And Miomi, by the way, you know where I can get it? Right around the corner from my house. Seven Eleven. Seven Eleven. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, and then the other thing I thought was interesting is the server. The wine country Seven Eleven. The server who was very good, and uh, he said, "You know, he goes, I'm going to bring you a little taste of this Pinot that doesn't taste anything like Pinot." And so he brought us a little taste of it. It was Belagos. What's, what's it taste like? <laughs> I think Belagos is another yeah. another Wagner label, actually. Yeah, right. um, and it didn't taste anything like Pinot. He was absolutely correct. It tastes like Syrah. Well, your sweet Syrah D- with a lot of oak. Your sweet D dinner was absolutely tremendous. Oh, we really had a you. great yeah, yeah. time. Thank and, you to the and, that's the sweet D crew and and whatnot. We had a great group of people. No, and nice I loved how it was actually more Sandra. than sold out because. Um, there was everyone started to show up and they realized they needed more space. So then for um, um, break out another uh, table, Joan, Joan, Joanne, 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 who works at Lasseter. Yes. They, they had to break out another table and chairs and, um, you know, standing room only. That's what you want. Great dinner. But what, no, but can I just quickly, while we're on that, um, point out the fact that there is some dinners coming up of friends of ours. Um, and I got my glasses. And while he's looking, the moral of the story is if you're going to Ruth Christ, bring your own wine. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I'll put it this way. They had one bottle of Rhone red wine on the wine list. Wow. On the list. Right, it was, uh, you know, was it from California or was it from France? No, it was from France, but it wasn't Cote, even. Cote it, was, it was Cote de Rhone. Yeah. yeah. Um, no. So, it, I mean, I have to say it was, it was kind of a disappointing. $80. Yeah, it was a disappointing wine list. It really was. Yeah. But the steak was fabulous. Cab. That's what people want, though. Cab. They want cab when they're eating meat. I don't know. I go through it every day. It drives me absolutely insane. Um, uh, winemaker dinner's coming up at Sweet D. Bart's was fabulous, but Casey Graybell, uh, okay, who's yeah, been yeah. on the show. Friend of the program, um, FOP. His is coming up on uh, July 21st. I saw the menu. It's really good. The Idell family, Susan oh, and Richard, yeah. have a cool winemaker dinner. What's nice about them is that they have access to some pretty good fruit uh, yeah, that yeah. they source for some pretty high-end producers. So they've got a dinner coming up on July 28th. Couldn't be better people also. Totally. Um, Kievelstad, Jordan, who has been on the show, his uh, winemaker dinner. Oh, I love his stuff. August 11th, uh, Jordan's dinner is going to be there. And then um, (laughs) the the man, the myth, the legend, Kale Anderson. Um, I'm going to make sure and get to this one. August 24th. Kale? Oh, really? You fucking with me? So Kale, <laughs> Kale, is, Kale is the winemaker for uh, Paul Meyer, but also has his own wines, Kale. Nice. And then he does several other projects that he, he doesn't really talk about because I think it, um, uh, for whatever reason, he, you know, he's the a, lawyers. He's because a, the folks at Paul Meyer don't know that he's doing them. Whatever it is. He's Paul a consultant, but we had a lot of fun. They're, in um, his, they're a cellar somewhere in the back room. Right, right. But, there uh, are a lot of consulting winemakers, aren't there? I mean, Bibiana Gonzalez. There's too many of them, to be quite honest. You brought her name up today. uh, Bibiana Gonzalez, I'd love to have her on the program, and I I hope, because now I'm... Now I'm getting her wine at Costco. She's got like a second-tiered... Catalonia? Catalonia, which is... um, it's it an is orchid the, from Colombia. From right? Colombia, it's their right. it's their, their um, national country. Flower. It's their yeah. national flower. Um, but she is just an amazing, and amazing wine. She uh, worked at Palmyre. She was the Sonoma side, and Kale is the Napa side. So he does the Merlot and the Cab, and then uh, she does whatever they do on the Sonoma side. Pinot and Chard uh, is a Pinot and Chard. And she's right. way up there. That, I mean, I don't know where exactly she works, but I mean, it's an hour north of here at least. Beyond Heels. Well, that's just Santa Rosa. <laughs> well, depending on the traffic, it could be freaking Kenwood. Yeah. yeah. Or Highway 12 in, in the Springs. You know? Yeah, seriously. Uh, this Marsan is really good. It is. It's got incredible mouthfeel. And absolutely. that's what I said to and Jeff, the, the mouthfeel on that thing you is know, I, I think as it comes out of Bottle Shock, you'll get some more fruit on the nose, but he clearly used really good barrels on it. And at you know, if you had somebody who, who you know, might as well taste the this. thing that that the the girl in the fig uh, staff members always talk about, which is thank you, Sam. You know, people come in and, and they don't know Rhone wines, and you know, they're Pinot Chard people or they're Cab Sauvignon Blanc people, whatever. Uh, if somebody came in to a restaurant like that that didn't have Chardonnay on the list, this would be a great place to send Perfect. them. Absolutely, you know? yeah. Oh, can we talk about Chard? You guys talk about Bob Crabal, and I just have to say again. 
His Chardonnay. Oh my God! I'm still <laughs> fucking dreaming about that wine. Did we're we gonna, buy any of that? We need to buy some. I, I, you know what? We I was need to get a sponsor so we can buy more of Bob's. Wine. I was on his <laughs> website the other night and I had my credit card out and I was except that I was leaving for Downeyville and I was afraid that they were going to try and deliver it while I was on. Vacation. I would have picked it up for you. Yeah, we'll hold that for you, Brian. That ain't that ain't <laughs> happening at all. Guys, you know, just have it shipped to me, yeah. Brian. They just no. they only shipped half. Honestly, they you know. I'm getting three bottles of that they were Chardonnay. Broken and in I'm shipment. drinking two of them, and I'm going to give one to my brother-in-law because I think th- th- those are incredibly special wines. But the that brother-in-law that brings is, the Bocastel camping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I would like to really get back to the um, Adobe and do a, mm. do an official tasting down there in August because that's when the Castanada. Red comes uh, back grab out. A little, little funny I, bottles. You know, it's 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 sold out, and the tortugas. it's something I really enjoy. <laughs> so, you know, but uh, yeah, and thank you for you know Bob Cabral being on. That was really good, especially when he sold his Imperial for seventy five thousand dollars for charity for the school. Okay. That was uh, absolutely blew me away. Okay, so. Um, uh, Sam hasn't been spending a lot of time in the vineyard, it sounds like. Um, <laughs> I went, and, I went and out I, there today, so I and, <laughs> actually know what I'm talking about. So what's going and on? I, that's, and what yeah, we so that's what I want to hear. I want to hear what's going on. Uh, I mean, we're, we're, we're in the thick of it um, right now. You know, I see pictures of berries turning here and there. I haven't seen any. Well, not not oh, yeah, here, yeah. Oh, but yeah, here yeah. and there. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, there are people. I'm sure that there's places the like out in Lodi and stuff like that. Co- uh, Coco for the for the Bedrock fans. Contra Costa's probably got some the early stages of erosion. That's next. Uh, you know, berries are starting to size up. Um, you know, you're Ooh. starting to look like starting to look like grapes out there. There's a ton, a ton of fruit. Everything, you know, you're well, that's like today. That's because you haven't thinned yet. You're yeah. I mean, but even like backyard table grape vines right now are just loaded down everybody. And everybody I've talked to doesn't matter variety or region. It seems like this is just one of those years where there's a lot going out there. Um, means there's a lot of work to do thinning wise. Um, It'd be dropping a lot of fruit, dropping a lot of fruit. I mean, you know, there's still, you know, we talk about hanging with integrity and dappled sunlight there's a lot of dappled sunlight not a lot of integrity there's still you know stuff's piled up on top of each other piled up on top of the canes and the drippos and the whole deal um so there's a lot of work to kind of clean that out we're probably a week or and a half two weeks behind where we were at this point last summer you know it's funny Um, i i spend way too much time of course looking at social media and grape growers and stuff and i do i see all these pictures of all this fruit Right. And the only thing I look at it is going, boy, you got to drop some fruit yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah. I mean, only and only because it looks to be that much. I mean, it looks in places. I mean, if, no, if you guys are at the extreme at two tons, it seems like there's places where there's maybe six tons. Uh, there's, and there's, people need to get to four. Yeah. And, and you know, the, this is where that, like, that temptation becomes really strong. You have, you know, a year like 2017 behind you where... It was super hot, and 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 um, yields were down anyway because of that. And then you had to deal with the fire on top of it. Right. Um, and um, you know, I think the the temptation to leave a more crop out there will be real. Um, but you know, there's a direct correlation to you know the level of quality, level of ripeness that you're going to get. So um, there's definitely there's a lot of you know what happened was. With those late rains that we had, um, right as things were starting to grow, there's there's a ton of growth. The vines got really big, um, so you know right now we're you know saw the the hedging machines are out there trying to you know get the vines to come under control a little bit. You know, and the next step will be and there's been a lot of like leaf pulling happening already. Um, Why are we behind last year? Uh, we, it's, it's, it hasn't been as hot. Yeah, I mean, we're a lot we, windier. I would windier, say windier. We've had way more foggy mornings. You know, this week it's going to get like warm. Sounds like a dead song or Dylan song. Way more foggy. Way more morning. foggy. Well, <laughs> I had some foggy mornings in the northwest. I'll tell you what. Um, and you know, it just hasn't. By this time last year, we'd probably already had a half a dozen days that it hit a hundred degrees, and we haven't had any of that yet. Um, and, one, you know, one or two, I think, you know. We've so. gotten maybe close. Yeah. Um, it was some days that were supposed to get that. Like, the forecasts were there, but we didn't quite get as hot as they said. So, you know, it's um, 
this is this is what happens. This is the cycle. You know, every once in a while you have a, a cooler vintage. Um, it's it's dry. How does that affect the grape? The fruit. Uh, I mean, it, it can be in a, a lot of different ways. Um, you know, if you look at like the last real cold weather vintage we had around here is 2011. Um, those wines, you know, the ones that could get ripe in 2011 are really nice wines, but they're more austere. Yeah. Um, there, there were a, a lot of lighter alcohol wines yeah. in 2011. Um, the a lot of the development of the fruit flavors aren't as. Um, it, it tends to be more lighter, you know, red berry as opposed to dark berry or blackberry. Um, you can, you know, have a hard time getting rid of some um, herbal notes. Um, so yeah, I, 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 you know, but it could also change. I mean, right? It's still only July. Right. I mean, it's never going to change completely. It's always going to be, this year's going to be late. It's not like all of a sudden we're going to be going, okay, we're, well, we can't talk about the middle of the state, but, <laughs> you know, most likely uh, Labor Day weekend will not be crazy around here. Right. Um, by my birthday, the middle of September, it'll be, it'll be going is yeah. the feeling I kind of have. Yeah, that seems about right. Um, but even if we just start out now with having, you know, our more typical you know, weather from the last four or five years, it's not going to shift it weeks. It may shift it a few days. Would yeah. you agree? I mean, um, yeah, unless things get really drastically hotter, um, you know, I, I think that's probably a fair statement that we're pretty much, you know, it's hard, at least around here, uh, hard to speed it up. Right. To catch it up at this point. That much. Um, you know, the berries are formed. And now it's just a matter of, uh, you know, enough photosynthesis to accumulate enough sugar and start to do their thing. Um, so, you know, that just takes the time that it takes. Uh, you know, but if we get a month of really hot weather, things could shift a little bit. I know, you're talking uh, about August and September, which traditionally yeah, right. are hotter things. Absolutely. So God. But yeah. I think that's something that's kind of interesting is, you know, we were affected by the fires from both the Lake County fire. No. Um, and the one that started out in Yolo County and then burned over towards Lake Berryessa. And during those days, it was supposed to be warmer than it was. Right, it made it much cooler. Um, and it did make it much cooler without the mugginess of the humidity. It, it, it was and interesting. The, and the skies were orange and red. It was yeah. unbelievable. I know, this yeah. was all, I was in... Very, very cool. I was in Washington and Oregon. This guy's... We're orange and well, red you would have you would have <laughs> loved it, buddy. Believe me, no. from a but it, it, no, yeah, did, it did. You know that was one of the days where it was, you know, it was supposed to be like the hottest day of the year right. around here, and it, it ended it just up being never about got there. ten degrees cooler than the forecast because of that smoke. Uh, but then it blew out, so we you know didn't settle in, which is cool. You know, the other thing to think, um, and this was something my dad brought up in the spring. Um, you know, it's it's a subtle little blip in the in the whole sort of global climate deal, but um, the volcano in Hawaii and the fact that there's all this lava pouring into the ocean, um, those little those atmospheric gas. things change things in those little subtle shifts. Uh, and you know, when when that started happening, my dad called a he called a cold summer. So you know, yeah. sixty years of doing this, I you know. I call him on his bullshit, but sometimes he, I listen he to him. He too. knows. It. I mean, <laughs> you know, we you really have to look at the whole weather patterns everywhere and say, in the past ten years, things are changing drastically. Mark Burningham um, from Benziger used to always, you know, scoff at. He used to say, "Oh, global warming, nothing." He goes, "It's climate change," and that was, you know, ten, fifteen years ago. He used to tout that and i think there's something to be said about that i mean that's right we used to we used to be under changing. under the ocean okay i mean the entire continent yeah. was I used it's to so be a interesting mollusk. when we talked to <laughs> <laughs> were you really at some point i was a mollusk uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> a bivalve i was a cephalopod and and i think wow, I, I then evolved into a <laughs> tyrannosaurus i evolved Rex, into man. a bonobo monkey <laughs> and then stopped. Yeah. It stopped evolving. <laughs> Didn't go much further. <laughs> God, are there? Are I, there? And are, I'm thinking I was just a bill, just a bill just on Capitol Hill. Hill. <laughs> are there areas, uh, Sam, that are doing better than others? Uh, do you have vineyards that are real stars and some that are real shits? Um, not really. You know, there was there was <laughs> a little bit more shatter. 
Um, in Stagecoach Vineyard, I heard, is real shit. Yes, Stagecoach. It's falling uh, apart. <laughs> um, <laughs> actually, the place that we saw the most like shatter and Grenache is the the Vaca Range, Oakville Ranch, close to mm-hmm. close to Stagecoach. You know, and that's just a matter of you know when things were blooming and how the wind was blowing and stuff like that. And Grenache kind of is shatter prone anyway. Um, but everything you know soaked up those late rains and then just kind of went wild in the springtime and everything is just it's going to be very everywhere that I, everywhere i see hey, Sam, not just our stuff what's know? that new what's that replanted block uh, block at um steel plow that was Syrah. Uh, and i think we're going to go back in with more grenache there yeah. well then so you guys notice the uh, no there's still some Syrah on the other side too and do you guys have any idea? I know it's La Prenda that's putting in all the the grapes there by Watmaw. Um, uh, yeah, so you know, Watmon, yeah, that's. Uh, do you guys have any idea what Sebastian. they're planning there? Well, I think it's all Sebastiani fruit. Um, I think all it's right. either the other guys or um, that makes you sense. know for August's right. um, thing because they do own that property. Um, I think it's interesting. Did you notice that those vines are? They're they're the like two year bench graft right, ones. They planted yeah, them yeah, green. Yeah, yeah. Be interesting to see how they grow. See how they take. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I don't know. Ama- what it may, it may we looks should amazing. explain that a little bit. So what Bart's talking about with the bench grafts, uh, there's a, a few different ways that you go from you know bare dirt to vine, um, and and the way that we do it is you get rootstock. And you establish the rootstock and let it start growing, and then you go back in and, and field graft and, and take whatever sort of genetic material for the the vitis vinifera, the grape producing vine that you're going to graft onto that. And then the other way to do it is you buy vines that have already done that in the nursery or on the quote unquote the bench, the bench in the nursery, a bench graft, and those vines have then been raised. For a year or two, it sounds like these are two-year vines, um, and then you plant them. And and you know what you you're buying it costs more. Uh, you're buying time. Um, yeah, you're buying a couple of you're, years. You're buying aren't a year you? or yeah. two. Um, yeah, depending. I mean, if you plant the one-year bench grafts, you're buying a year, and if you're doing what right. they're doing, well, it's I, two years. But but the, the the idea behind planting rootstock and tea budding it in the vineyard is that it's all about establishing the roots and in right. the land, and that that's the best thing you can do for a vine to establish itself. Right. And and you don't get that when you do it this other it, way. It's it a little looks bit strange cutting. driving right. by it the other day because everything is almost looks you know fully grown and it still has right. the milk cartons around the bottom. Right, yeah. it is it is bizarre. And you know the other thing about it is you don't control your plant material in the same way. You know you don't know uh, exactly where the genetic material for those vines came from. You don't know what it looked like when it was, no, when it was, do they all come from a place like Nova vine. Nova vine would be one of the places that, do, you know, yeah. all the, there's all, there's a whole bunch of, nurseries. so you can, you can be pretty sure that it's the clone you want. And, and yeah, you can be sure that it's the clone you want. And, but you don't know what the vineyard looked like that it came from. And one of the things yeah. that we do, you know, is, is the end of the year, you know, post harvest is your, you're collecting budwood. You can do it in August also. Uh, you collect budwood, and we'll go to places where we know exactly what the vineyard looks like. We know that there's virus-free, clean vines, and we'll pick just those, you know, do a, a massage selection kind of deal. And we put them into cold storage, and that's what we use to propagate new vineyards with. So we, you know, controlling that. How many that of those material. will you have? How many of those? Well, the, oh, the, oh, you're talking... I mean, thousands, well, you know, thousands. Yeah, yeah. two thousand vines to the acre. So, uh, you know, you take three foot canes that probably have eight, ten buds on them, and you get these bundles of a couple hundred, and you can stack them high. Uh, in Where do the, you store those? We have a we have a cold storage room. Okay. Yeah. Hey, um, I, I was just poured a lightning Grenache. Uh, shout out to Randy Hester. Yeah, that was a bottle that I Coravin Taste, uh, tasted two, good. I like two three months ago, and and Coravin uh, maybe a two or a three glass, months ago. I think something like that, like a glass, glass and a half out of it, and just left that. And so I was kind of curious. That's been sitting in my garage with no temperature control whatsoever, going swing up and down, up and down. It's okay. It's still. So tastes I was good, curious man. how how it was and drinking. Coravin and. So with a big air gap for two months. Right, yeah. 
Right. And I was curious, and I, I think it's still drinking good. I had a bottle from Hungary of red. It's quite good. It had screw top, and it was leaking. I found just a little bit of leak on the, on the you know, so, but it didn't let any oxygen in. It just leaked out, and it was, we drank it the other night. Well, if, it, if something's leaking out, then, uh, Oxygen's getting say, in. But oxygen is well, getting in. Well, on the other hand, yeah, got to get replaced it, with it, something. It was uh, not. It was not corked at all. Yeah. It tasted really good. I mean, maybe I found it just as it was starting to. You know, it was, but or maybe it just looked like it was leaking, and something above it was leaking. Uh it was coming from there, okay. so I can I, I could tell that. So you know, <laughs> good old Hungarian wines. So you know, especially, yeah, what, um, especially the reds, man. I mean, I, they don't make red wines over there much. And when they do, they're really good, man. Nice. Unless it's bull's blood, and that's just pure tannin. Ooh. <laughs> like a tannet? Tannot? Tannot. That wasn't too bad. I opened that bottle and had a taste. I mean, there's still like anyway. a half a dozen bottles that haven't made it to the table over there, which I'm probably okay with. Well, we have we have <laughs> talked about Jeff Cones. Talked about Jeff Cones. And the lightning. Shout out to mm-hmm. Randy. And um, I think the 16600. That rosé is drinking so good right now. Yeah, the rosé. Yeah, I yeah so um, I hear you had some good barbecue. Oh, man. Oh, we well, had, uh, Vinyl Sunday. Vinyl Sunday yesterday, was yesterday, right? Yesterday, yeah. It was a good party. We had... Uh, so this guy, find him on, on Instagram, C-Train707. His name right. is Chuck. His business is the Flavor Train, and he is uh, born and raised in Napa, uh, barbecue master. Although, if you look at his Instagram, he cooks everything. You know, loves to like cook scallops and risotto and duck breast. And but he did uh, he did Bel Campo sausages or no Evergood sausages, and he smoked four briskets from Stemple Creek. And a giant platter of bone-in ribeyes from Stemple Creek on the grill. And with these different sauces, like different buddies of his that are in the barbecue world make these sauces. And then... How did you find this guy? He's he's my neighbor in the tasting house. He... Where he like runs the insurance office with his sister. Oh, okay, there uh, you go. The State Farm, shout State Farm, or maybe it's all State. So I can, sure I can buy uh, insurance and insurance, get ribs at barbecue, the same time. ribs, and then come by and grab a bottle of Zinfandel <laughs> and drive home safely. That's no problem. <laughs> no problem uh, at all. And and actually, a uh, shout out. Uh, we had Mike the Baker also. I, I knew that there was two vegetarians coming to Vinyl Sunday, so I, I figured I better not just have brisket and sausage <laughs> uh so i, I you know last minute last minute called in a audible had mike the baker there and actually what mike the baker did so he did his flatbreads which are always awesome uh he made fresh pita pita bread like he would put it into his wood-fired oven and it puffed up i have a video up i'm gonna post it uh, they, they puffed up in the oven and then they pulled them out and we cut them open and we put this brisket into it from Stemple Creek. <laughs> oh, it was it was unreal. It was it was. I don't even need bread. I had two of those. <laughs> so it was so good. Yeah. So you're zero days gluten free. Yeah, zero days gluten free right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I went off the wagon yesterday for some some fresh pita bread from Mike the Baker. That's okay. Yeah. It won't kill you. No, nah, I'll be fine. I paid for it a little bit, but nah, it was worth it. And uh, and then we had a, you know, it was a great time. It was the rosé release party. Uh, it was a nice warm day. We had some live music. Uh, had had a bunch of people from like Transcendence Theater Company. A bunch of cast members came nice, by, nice. and you know, and all these guys who were Chuck's friends from the barbecue world were there. Uh, a bunch of club members, some random people off the street. Uh, you know, kids and dogs like running around. People off the street. Sounds like a very diverse. Sounds, um, <laughs> it diverse was. It was. A, it was a wide range, all all shapes and sizes and ages and. Um, I love the. Um, I love your big flag in the front too. It. Um, mm-hmm. It kind of set right. the set the attitude. It, mm. It, it, I always think of the, um, the the line from the Crosby, Stills, and Nash, you know, let your freak, freak flag fly. We were flying the flags, yeah, for sure. We were flags. flying the flags. <laughs> what were the flags you had out? Uh, well, we always have our Stanley Mouse banner. And of then, uh, you know, my, my grandparents were very involved in... Uh, uh, my grandmother was a daughter of the American West, and... Uh, my grandfather was a native son of the Golden West, so they were all about like all these you know California things. So sh- we have a an old 
uh, American flag and an old California flag from from her stuff. So we had like a, a bear flag, an old bear flag, cool. and an old an old American. Flag. I think the American flag might actually be like a forty eight star flag. Oh really? Uh, yeah. That's that's yeah. really cool. Yeah, there's like there's like a moth stars. hole eaten in the middle of it. It's definitely like you know. I'm sure somebody would get mad at me for some flag etiquette. Violation, no, it's but, all okay. Um, um, ancient flags are ancient flags. Ancient flags man, are ancient yeah. flags, and they're that's, so they're cool. It. We had those. It's interesting that native sons of the Golden West, and my dad was that, yeah. and then he was an elk. Also. Right, right. Um, those, those, they're still around. They're still oh, yeah. around, but um, kind of. When I was in Nevada, people kept trying to get me to join the Clampers, which are right. like, they're like, you're like, that's just service. where you're a raging partier, right? Yeah, you're too rowdy to be like in the uh, in the Rotary Club. So you right. went the Clampers started. It was like a bunch of miners out in the Sierras started. This their is own a thing. thing in Downeyville. Oh yeah, totally. You see too the rowdy for Rotary, speaking yeah. of locations, yeah. you see these little e- ra- round stickers. Yeah, it it's E Clampus Vitus, and they they have these little location stickers on the backs yeah. of their you know lifted Toyota pickups. I love uh, it. I always for you know it's one of the wonders of Google. I wondered what that was for years, and right. Yes, the googly thing, yes, and there the it Google is. Bot. The clampers. <laughs> hey, Bart, I want to say thank you uh, for, while we were off, posting a couple of uh, old shows. And you guys are so good at the media. I mean, I'm, I'm still you know, fighting with Facebook. I, well, I, I got kicked. Gen- generationally, you, you overperform. So. <laughs> well, thanks. I appreciate that. And uh, being, being the old man here. But, you know, I had a fight with Facebook and got kicked off of John M. Myers because it was attached to my old Yahoo account that I quit when Yahoo got hacked, what, two years ago? Well, and once... Oh, is that why we all got new friend requests from you John did. Myers? And now there's oh, I know. Wait a minute. I never got a new friend uh, request. You did. You're not new friends with <laughs> Wow. I, Bart, I'll have to send it out right now. I, I'm serious. I'll, I'll, I'll get no, on I'm it. Just uh, the it. idea is that now it's just John Myers instead of John M. Okay. So, you know, you can you, What's you your can middle name? It. What is the Munson. Munson. O- o- old English name. John Munson. Isn't that one of the characters from the Adams family? Uh, Munson. That was the Munsters. Oh. <laughs> um, and that was actually, yeah. Was we, ju- we just did the uh, Munson, uh, DNA Thurman test. Munson. Mm. Thurman and Munson. Yeah. yeah, he was a, a catcher for the Yankees. Yeah, yeah. And the, yeah, the yes, Tigers. Yeah. Yep. And the, as I say, the Tigers or the Indians? No, he was with the Yankees, but he owned a Tiger. Oh, he owned a Tiger. Have you guys Have you guys heard this, that, that there is more Tigers that are privately owned in the state of Texas than are wild in the rest of the world. That's Is crazy. that crazy? At least they're still alive. It's legal to own a tiger in Texas, and so these fucking Why yahoos. do you want to own a tiger? <laughs> because you can. Hey, you know what? <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm kind of on that. I, I don't know if you guys saw I posted... Um, Joe Rogan's podcast with yeah, Ted Nugent, <laughs> and I just wrote, "Wow!" Right. And, and and I tell you what, it's hard not to absolutely hate the guy, and it's hard Rogan not to or just, Nugent, 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 and it's hard not to just love the guy. Yeah, right. I mean, he, he, he's, he's bad. So basically, you're saying crazy. you have cat scratch fever. <laughs> Bart, it, I just it is well worth request. the three. He is crazy uh, in is the best. Well worth way. the three hour, and um, he he has no. Um, filters when it comes if he doesn't like something and doesn't like an attitude doesn't like an opinion he, he he's gonna give tell a you fuck he doesn't give a fuck no nope. uh, uh, Tour de France is on day three for those of you listening that's right or watching we're just oh, covering it all I wine love wine. covering uh, it all I'd, I'd like to try some of the dessert wine, I'm drinking Brian. some dessert wine right you know, now. my favorite kind of dessert wine is dessert <laughs> wine that somebody else paid for so. and and it's uh, nice and cold Perfect. I, I do like Bart Hansen's uh, page here um I just asked him to be a friend again. But, of course, there's a picture of, of Bart and Sam. You got a friend K- in K- me. KSVY Studios. <laughs> and then the Sweet D the other night. And um, <laughs> a, a shot from Shen Blue, too, on oh, here. Yeah. So, it's you know, that was really fun. Getting, no, that uh, was actually, you know what? Love, I love the Bob Grohl stuff. That was my favorite show that if, we've done. If we could get Nicole as a regular guest on this show... We could just we could just give her one microphone and let her do it. And, well, and, she and then would just be get the out of the way. Oh my God, <laughs> yeah. is she the most intriguing, interesting, yeah. charming, knowledgeable? I um, want to I want to have a mind find enough one day to be invited to fine wines for fine wines or right. I, I want to have enough it, right? money to marry a woman like Nicole <laughs> one day. <laughs> You've already done that. 
No, no. Yeah, you, you've, you've got it. No, no, no. My, even no, no, even no. more so. When I, I went so. to France with a group of friends 15 years ago or so, and at the time I was single, and we joked around that it was, you know, I was trying to find a French fan, woman whose family owned a vineyard, but it had, had to be at least 25 hectares and no older brothers. Right. <laughs> so you have to remember that. <laughs> we we just started planning a, a trip for next fall. Um, harvest time fall 2019. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, uh, again, Rhone centric, uh, Avignon and, uh, back into Boone and Dijon and then over through the Loire to, um, on Zane. Is that where you did your honeymoon yeah, yeah, on Zane? Yeah. It's just, it's and, and multiple weeks and then back to, Paris and Givernay. We actually were going to stay outside of Givernay, the next little town over. I mean, they have a couple of three-star hotels, which you know, in France, it's a, it's a, it's kind of questionable. So, so what are you rocking to there, buddy? So let's talk about <laughs> what, this what is that? Beautiful bottle of 2007. Ah, uh, under the harvest moon. Oh, you guys man. just made me think oh, about it when you were talking about the uh, harvest and harvest and chest and if to pop and the oh, uh, man, and the I... moon that we had on Sunday and Monday, where oh, yeah. it was when you were driving. It looked like you were sitting under a red moon. Yeah, yeah. amazing. Well, that's Big why it's called the Valley of the moon, moon, right? You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, Brian, I know the last bottle of um, dessert wine you opened, but Sam, when was the last time you opened a bottle of dessert wine? And that can include port. Uh. Didn't we open like a fifty six? Uh, no, no, no. We're talking about you, you at, in your own personal life, like or Not. Phil's Raiden, Phil or or Uncle. Oh, you know what? It would have been, um, in fact, Uncle Bob's a couple. When was that? Probably within the last six months, uh, we opened a bottle of port wine that my uncle had made from. Grapes from Caymans. Nice. Uh, so it's Cabernet, Sangiovese. I'm not really exactly sure what was in it. It it was maybe a little too far gone. It was from the it was from the mid late 90s, um, and it was you know it was it was cool. It was weird. It was, yeah. Well, I, I mean, it was my uncle's wine, so it was mine, natural wine, right? Natural wine yeah. port uh, style. You know, he's. Uh, fortified it, stopped the fermentation right. with some sugar in it, and um, you know it was. Well, what about was you, Bart? When's the last time you opened up a bottle of red or white dessert wine? You know, so when Terry and I started dating, she had been a member of a number of uh, Napa Valley uh, wine clubs, and so we have like four or five bottles of uh, what's the dessert wine that the um, Chateau Ykem? No, no, Napa Valley, <laughs> right at uh, Oakville. Um, um, uh, Ray Mincy, uh, who makes dessert wines in Napa? Um, Stony Hill makes dessert wine. No, it's uh, um, a big Cabernet house. BV. No. Okay, let's just go on with the conversation. Okay. So we have a number of bottles of that, but the last bottle I actually opened was a bottle of Benziger um, Port, which was, you know, um, same thing, you know, fortified and... Um, and then stop the fermentation. And it was delicious. And I think I tasted it for three or four days and ended up pouring down the rest of it. Um, but but not very often, you know. And um, uh, one of these days, have to open up a couple of those. So. I, well, I'm, the, the and and, and I tell you what, is the whole thing about dessert wine is, is that it's, you know, nobody used to open champagne either. And look how crazy... Right. Champagne, how popular right. it is now. I went to a Fourth of July party, and there must have been forty people brought them bottle of champagne, you know, for yeah. a morning party, which is cool. But I just don't ever see that happening with dessert wine. Well, that's the thing. So the other night, I was looking in my fridge, and and I came home and um, from work late, and there was there was not much to drink. I think there was a bottle of sparkling wine in the fridge, and I saw all this dessert wine. I thought, well, that's the last thing I want to open on my when I come home from work at one thirty in the morning is, is drink a glass of dessert wine. You're looking for freshness and I'm looking for some rosé or something. Heavy, just something yeah, something nah. light just to drink before going to bed. But it but it made me think what what is the what is the market like for dessert wine, for ports, for sauternes? What is 
when do people drink it? And and at Sante, it's because we have it on the tasting menu. We do a seven course tasting menu, and you're doing. It depends on what the cheese is, but whatever the cheese is that the chef picks for that night, then as a psalm, you get to choose the dessert wine that goes along with it. And then with the dessert that we're currently doing right now, we do a uh, Bual uh, Madeira um, that, that goes really well with the cheese and, and or with the uh, um, with the dessert. But uh, the other thing you do is a port. And I know people think about port and chocolate. They think about sauterne and foie gras. And then with cheese, I think sometimes people with cheese, I know a lot of times you do white wine, uh, red wine, and sparkling wine. Um, and then as you get a little more thoughtful into it, you do, especially blue cheese is really good with either a, um, a sauterne or even a port. Um, I like that combination of flavors. But when, you know, if people are, I know a lot of people that make dessert wine, and I wonder what the market is like out there for selling it. Well, it's there, but uh, you do, you guys know Rich Little, right? Yeah, sure. He makes an incredible Zen port. Sure, beautiful, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I I I won't drink it other than that. I mean, when I discovered Zen port, I like that. Yeah. But a regular port is, you know. Well, it's, again, it's just people just it's don't. Like, it's like drinking open Uzo, it very often. You know, you know. I mean, I mean, it's a half Uzo. bottle. <laughs> And you just don't open them that often. So therefore, you know, I, I think a lot of wineries that make it, I think it becomes part of one of their wine club shipments. So if they have 500 wine club members, they know they're selling that much automatically because the people really don't have anything to say in the matter. So that creates a market for it. Um, and then there are people, you know, if you have a tasting room and you have people visiting that aren't wine tasters, um, you know, it's a very easy to... to, to to pour that for him. You know, I mean, I, I have done some recent public tastings. I, I was up at transcendence about a week ago and there were some people came by and they said, all I want is a sweet wine. There's no sweet wine here. And I looked around and I was like, well, that wine over there is going to appear to be sweet, but it's not, it's a dry wine, you know? So, I mean, there is that market out there, but it's few and far between really. So I think you, I don't but think it's, it's kind of situational, uh, especially with the dessert wines that people, oh, you know, absolutely. whereas people anytime will drink a glass of Pinot or a glass of Chardonnay right. or a glass of Sauvignon Blanc. But if not at any time, can you just pour a dessert no, wine can't. for someone? <laughs> I mean, it's rarely. And, and usually when I see that happen in the restaurant, it's people that don't really know a lot about wine. They just sort of like sweet wine. So they'll drink it. They'll drink a glass of port with their dinner. A hot afternoon. Which just seems uh, strange to me. A warm but, port. But, but <laughs> when, we, when we actually do open up one of these dessert wines, and I remember we did that. It wasn't not just the 56-hour term, but I think there was another time where we opened up a dessert wine, and it was it's so I think it was Chateau Coutte. It was a sauterne. Yeah, so right. fucking delicious. This is great. Like, too. I mean, this is delicious. It's yeah. like having sorbet, like at the end of your meal. Like it's this, this like clean cleansing that's just and, yeah. beautiful uh, fruit. Honey mousse. Yeah. Well, you know, last it's night delicious. we had the end of an era here. You know, uh, at one point I talked about how to abuse a silver oak collection and ruin it because I stored it wrong. <laughs> and it's come from New York and it went to Chicago and lived in Chicago for 15 years and and we brought it out here well last night we had a bovet steak from um, one of the organic people around here you know and for farmers market and uh we opened an oh the last bottle of silver oak we had now it's that was it it was always touch and go it was an 06 uh alexander valley and um it was absolutely insert joke here. It was yeah. Sorry, I wasn't gonna say anything. Why? 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 No, why? No, Talk no, to no. me. Talk to me. No, you know what? I, it I cost half as much as a Silver Oak Oakville. Well, right. that, that's right. You and, know, it's, the point. and it's Alexander Valley. We used to refer to Alexander Valley as the Mojave Desert of Sonoma County. <laughs> but the thing is, they changed so much over the years. I mean, they got to be really. I didn't like their wines. In, in the later years and you know so in 06 held on to the fruit it was just nice because um when joan and i got married at gunlock bunch uh we just kind of made up our vows at the time and she was saying you know well you have to 
get me coffee in bed in the morning, and I yeah, John said, I agreed you got to a that. party mouth. And and, and <laughs> I I I said, can I get Sorry, access John. to your silver we don't drink and fuck you? Uh, <laughs> John took us down this this. So path. she did she did a lot. It of was a beautiful story when we told it on the podcast at one time, but yeah. God, that's so bad. You're so bad. No, you no, guys you, know dri- you guys driving around Sonoma looking for a spot to get no, married. It's well, all when okay. the hell does that it's, happen? It's the end of an era. It was the last, the last bottle. bottle of this is true. Which it. means, Bart, there's more room in John Seller for some Cabernet. Right, absolutely. <laughs> um, absolutely. And I found I, I found some more about. and I just ordered some more. So I mean I'm 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 trying. I'm trying. Get so. you some of that Severson too. You haven't had Boy, any of that in a yeah. while. Uh, yeah. I don't. That's you the got New York Magnum? wine, right? I got some Magnums. Ooh, yeah. I'll take two. Okay, that's just save. I love this. What do you do today? Say, well, I sold wine to John on a podcast. <laughs> well, no, it's, well, you sell a lot of wine on the podcast. I, I, you know, but frankly, it's a good thing. There were you know? within my organization, which means my family and Paul. There were skeptics about like why I was spending my time with you guys doing a podcast, but it's uh, skeptics. Skeptics. Yeah, I, I, thought I, I had that same thing. <laughs> Jeff Cohen actually, I stopped on the way here to pick up that that sparkling wine, and and um, he handed me that Marsan, and said that you he, stole the Marsan from him. I kind of did. He he <laughs> said that um, there was some people that were in the tasting room that had come there because they had heard him on our podcast. <laughs> And he said he was anxious to get back on the podcast. And I it's said, do you know what the second episode of that podcast was called? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Overserved. He said, yeah, we did, have, we did have a lot of fun that day, didn't we? <laughs> that was another blended session. Well, we need to get him back on. Well, we so I, for one episode. On. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and right. we'll do it early in the morning, Jeff. Um, I talked to Todd Jolly matter. from Cinema's Best yeah. uh, late last week. And... He had mentioned that Brian Casey had been sending people in. I can't um, tell you how many people now that I send into Sonoma. Anyone that lives in Sonoma, or if you don't live in Sonoma, and you listen to this and you're coming to Sonoma, there's some things that he has there that you can't get. He's got, or, that, he's got that coat rotated right now. Not just that. That Manitou Salon I dream about for 20 bucks is amazing. But Stone Edge, he's got Stone Edge Cab for a price. I, can't, I don't even want to say it. I think it's cheaper than they sell it for at the winery and the Stone Edge Sauvignon Blanc. Amazing wines. And we pour uh, it what, at the... Bart, what wine were you at, talking about that Todd had? Because I'm heading there this afternoon. Oh, just uh, Name tell Todd it. the coat rotate. He's got it. <laughs> he, yeah, he's got it floor stacked right by the bar. Yeah. Okay. Well, and for I'll me, that's... Syrah. Uh, Syrah with Viognier, coat yeah. rotate. And yeah. that Blue Farm. He's got the Blue Farm Gaps Crown Shard, which is amazing. Mm. But... Um, you gotta get Ann Malaraki here too. Yeah, absolutely. I, you guys, I've tried. Right. She, we'll try. she, she doesn't like being the center of attention. I've gotten shifted over to her personal assistant, who has given Let's me have we'll excuse have her personal assistant after on. excuse after excuse. <laughs> she doesn't. Then, then there are plenty of people who want to be on. And you know, we love Donham. The, so. the Donham property is probably one of the most beautiful properties that you can ever visit when you come here. You know, I've never actually been out there. It is. Do that. F- amazing. Amazing, yeah, it's yeah. fucking amazing. They have uh, art installations out there. Yeah, the, the art, I mean, wines like are incredible. The most Instagramable place in yeah. Sonoma that's not yeah. scribed. And the Blue Farm wines, I mean, just amazing <laughs> stuff too. So, you know what? If if anyone knows Ann Moller Rock out there that that says, hey, you know, we'd love to to hear her story and and um, see what she's all about. Tell her she knows. I work her on her per- daughter. I work on Dorothy. Yeah, see if there I can go you go. Up the ladder. I'd love to. That work. sounds really. Her, bad. her personal. I met Anne. She was the vineyard manager at Buena Vista. All right. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, before she was married to Marcus, I think, yeah. or maybe they were married, and yeah, I was young then. Well, guys, we are at an hour, All right. and that's exactly where we want to be. Now, hold so. on. Let's think about Hunter it. Your thoughts. Um, we cover everything we're going to talk the, about? You know, all the winemaker dinners that I mentioned earlier for Casey Graybell, for I Kale Anderson, go to Casey and um, I gotta, for Kales. Uh, Kievelstad, and for the Idells. Oh, um, go to com and there's a button that says Sweet D, and go to click on the Sweet D button. You can book tickets for those events. You will most likely see us there. Bart, at your winemaker dinner, it was nice to have people sitting next to me that were there because of the podcast. Yeah, I know. They had had listened to the podcast. You know what? I can even top that. So I delivered their wine to them, and uh, and I walked out of there with two bottles of wine that they wanted to share with me. (laughs) (laughs) That's a win-win right there. 
if you're all listening out there in podcast land, we'll happily take gifts when Ab- we deliver. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> you know, that's the best I sort of customers. I think have. it's just because we're a likable bunch of guys. Is that that's what it is? It. Well, I mean, <laughs> they know we can get rid of some bottles on these guys. We certainly have the most fun podcast out there on the wine. I can guarantee that. So. We have well, the most fun doing it. I don't know what bad. Well, I, I have a blast. So, and we have pretty good microphone manners, and and <laughs> great sound. It's well done. <laughs> so, hey everybody, thanks for listening to the winemakers. We will talk about uh, orange wine next week. Well, uh, wait a minute here. Wait, so. a what? what? We're going to talk about what? orange well, wine. I want to. Well, Jordan's been getting well, a ton of publicity, but he did not create orange wine. But he's certainly selling a shitload of s- it. We're gonna get some Georgians from okay. Georgia, and not country, not state. Russia. That's where, that's where orange wine came from. Damn. That's where skin contact white wine yeah. and amphora buried in the ground. Right. You know, it wasn't it's not it wasn't Uncle style. Tony's got amphoras planted. Uncle Tony has. They made some skin contact Viognier up there. Um, and Kleins did some skin contact Viognier. You know, the the orange right. is just a function of. The oxidation. Yeah. You know. I mean, there, it's, it's all it's just it, a I, promo deal. That's. <laughs> you, so you know, some, you know uh, how you sell more pro, uh, more wine, right? Absolutely. Create another brand. Create another label. So we'll get some orange wine and some sell oysters. It again, That's Dave what Finney. Uh, and Jordan was talking about the oysters. We've been talking to uh, women owned wineries people, and we're going to have a couple of those ladies awesome. on, which is really great. You know, Bibiana Gonzalez. Yeah, if we can Rob, get Bibiana Gonzalez uh, Rob, she was on uh, KS Review okay. with me. Okay, so if you know so how to reach I, out to I, her, I, and I, if I we can get Kale on at the same time, what a dynamic duo that would be to have the two of them sitting next to each other. Oh my God. I might actually shut up for that episode. Right. Probably not. Okay. And we can talk about that that movie Disclosure because that was how I uh, Paul Meyer had that real nice mention in Disclosure where that was the whole crux of the movie how he had been sexually harassing a Demi Moore but actually she was sexually harassing him and she had gotten a bottle of Paul Meyer this certain vintage so that when he came to her office after it was a vintage that they had shared in the past and it the, the whole thing uh, was was uh, uh, dependent on on the fact that her secretary couldn't get a bottle of this vintage of Palmire at the local liquor store. So the whole thing was planned long in advance. And that's how Michael Douglas actually won the, the court case. Huh. Uh, so right. I'm sure they'd love to talk about that. I wonder how much. I'm sure they <laughs> would. Because <laughs> I don't think either one of them was alive when the movie There's was yeah. made. <laughs> well, next week should, uh, next couple shows should be really good. And, Everybody, thanks for listening. Really appreciate it. Give us some reviews. We're getting getting more comments uh, than ever and uh, great reviews. So thank you. Please continue. and uh, Yeah, keep sending emails to uh, Bart and Sam because they will respond to you. Um, Hopefully. (laughs) I don't don't get it. I mean, the the iTunes reviews, we, you know, it's uh, all all we're trying to do is spread the word a little more. And that seems to be the best thing. Yeah. We appreciate it. Thank Peace you. and love. See you next week. Thanks for listening, everybody.